your number one source for election coverage and analysis. This is Gerard at Large. It is 23 minutes after the hour here on the Gerard at Large radio show. We continue our debate with Manchester Ward 3 Alderman and Chairman of the Board of Aldermen, Patrick Long, and his challenger, Timothy Baines, in Manchester's Ward 3. That's the downtown the beating heart of the city of Manchester, which in the last 20 years has seen a renaissance of uh, uh, an order of magnitude that we, back in the day, who set the footings in place for that under Mayor Wazorek and the boards of aldermen back then could have only hoped uh, would, would come about. And uh, part of the challenge that I think we have in the city now is managing the growth of the downtown, the addition of dozens, if not hundreds, of residential spaces, the growth of businesses, the demand on parking, and we hope to tackle all of that and more uh, as we get into uh, this discussion here with uh, uh, Tim Baines and uh, Alderman Patrick Long. So, gents, um, uh, Tim, real quick, you said you wanted to add something to uh, – you wanted a chance I, to respond I, a bit. Uh, I do. I, I actually didn't think that the alderman spoke to that specific um, issue. And I, there's a quote from Alderman Dan O'Neill um, saying, I think it's great anthems coming to downtown, but you can't make a move for one larger employer and then hurt small employers. That's what happened then. And you would have hoped by now that we would have found a way to, you know, have that garage open, especially when the business community is is willing to do their fair share. You know, and fast forward to this past summer, um, we had a big to do on Lowell Street, and you had one restaurant owner um, fill out a, uh, some paperwork at City Hall. Um, the alderman uh, didn't do his homework, and basically the entire business community in the surrounding area was opposed um, to close down a main throughway uh, downtown for the summertime was going to cause major, major concerns. Um, they ended up having to call a special meeting of the board. Um, everybody came out and spoke and the alderman was still going to stand by the decision. And uh, when I say give a voice back uh, to the people of the ward, um, everybody deserves a voice, business owners, um, landlords, employees, um, everybody. And, and that's the type of alderman I'm going to be. Give a voice. I'm going to do my homework, uh, and I'm going to do what's best for the people in the ward. All right, Pat, we're going to give you a final word on this topic. Okay, thanks. Uh, first of all, uh, first of all, you need to reach out to your alderman. Uh, Mr. Bain stated that immediately following the, um, the uh, anthem move, uh, there were concerns about parking. I need to know that a month. I, this had been discussed for months. Why wasn't that first on the page? Then I could take a look, a look at it. Uh, and then uh, the alderman standing by the, their decision on Lowell Street. First of all, I agreed with the mayor to call a special meeting to address this. Who made who made the uh, uh, who made the motion to rescind the prior motion? I did. Nobody else stood up to the place. I made that motion. Why? Because my independent voice was telling me we need to shut that down. People in the millennium want that shut down want streets shut down they enjoy that i've gotten You're plenty of calls generation i've gotten plenty of calls from hanover street thanking me for having that shut down they have music out there so my due diligence was to speak with the owner that wanted that on hanover street i didn't reach out to all the elm street actually there was a lot of elm street res, uh businesses that wrote uh, that, you know, that wrote a petition. Yeah. However, when I went to them, they weren't opposed. That petition wasn't signed by the owners. It was signed by their staff. Uh, and it was made clear to me that we don't have an issue with Hanover Streets shutting down. So 
you know, you, you, I'm open to anything. Am I going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I believe that these businesses need to reach out to the aldermen. And by the way, there's two aldermen at large uh, that they need to reach out to also. Uh, because three of us could do a lot more good than one of us can. All right. So, uh, if I could, well, you if, know, we well, can we can go back and forth on this. I think the battle lines on this one are pretty clear. We could move uh, on to some other issues. I want to say one more thing. When I'm an alderman, um, I'll do the homework. You don't need to call your alderman at large. I'll be there for you. And I just want to add. Um, obviously, the alderman is 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 defensive on this point, and 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 that's okay. But um, I do have something here. It's a growing list of uh, 19 downtown businesses uh, represented by 16 specific owners on Elm Street and just off um, that are looking for change because they feel that their concerns are not being heard. And um, I'm happy to give you both a copy, <laughs> and we can move on. Uh, yeah, no, uh, let's not move on. Do I have a stick? No, nope, I, I will. I will. I will keep it open I, for you. I to appreciate respond. that. So. What harm was caused by this closing of uh, Lowell Street? What harm was caused? There was, so all of our websites. What harm was caused? Very simple question. What harm was caused? Can I answer? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So businesses have take a right on Lowell Street, take a left on Lowell Street um, on their websites. Those are the directions given um, when people call those restaurants. We didn't find out until it was happening the direct abutters to this business and anybody around. And there wasn't a single business within a block that supported your decision. And uh, I think that that should speak enough volumes, understanding the word, understanding the traffic patterns, and understanding the effects that it has on a variety of different people. So he refuses to answer the question of what harm this caused. Because I'm saying just, it caused, I, it caused I, no harm. I think I answered it, was it very clearly. And nobody was harmed. And you know I, I, th- I, I think it's been asked and answered. I'm going to move on. Sounds good. Fair enough. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. Um, as you know, um, cities got ongoing budget challenges. We have a tax cap here in the Queen City. And so I do want to spend some time talking about the budget and where you folks stand on the tax cap. It's become a big issue in the mayoral campaign. It's become a big issue in, you know, I'm campaigning across the city, even though I'm unopposed for my school board race. And I hear, number one, by a long shot, taxes, taxes, taxes. Um, I don't know. Tim, we'll start with you. Tax cap. um, Where do you stand? Sure. Um, It's. Not the number one issue that I'm hearing in Ward 3, going door to door. I'm hearing uh, public safety. I'm hearing education. Um, Taxes, um, it it is certainly an issue uh, in this town. And, you know, we keep overriding um, the tax cap, I believe, four of the last five years, possibly four of the last six. And I think we need to take a new approach to budgeting. Um, I believe... um, uh, Pat, um, the chairman of the board, um, has has gone as far as to start the process by seeing how many votes we have to override. And I just think it's a backward approach. And I think we need some new leadership in there um, to take a fresh approach. And, you know, I, I'm a small business owner. I know what it's like to craft a budget, have to make adjustments. And um, I also understand that, you know, in my business, I want to be giving raises. Um, but I can give raises when an employee deserves so and the business can afford it. Um, and just, you know, you have some first-time candidates running for office. I think we get some people in there um, and, and just take a, a, a fresh approach as opposed to the same old, same old. You know, we don't budget um, with the future in mind. It's the same gridlock at the end every time. Are we going to take care of teachers? Are we going to bust the tax cap? And I just think we need a fresh approach. Well, are you going to look at that fresh approach within the context of the tax cap or are you going to use the fallback position that it 
well, I support the tax cap, but it has an override provision for a reason. And so how do you start the budget? Do you say we've got X number of dollars? Let's figure out how best to allocate those resources. Or do you say this is what we need to do, tax cap notwithstanding? I, I think from day one in that first meeting of the new board, we need to take a look at Jagger Decker from 1999. Take a look at where we stand in, re- in, in relation to surrounding communities. Um, we just can't uh, keep pitting you know, police and fire versus um, busting the tax cap. There's other ways, um, more strategic ways, if we come up with a, a vision and what we want to be in three to five years. Um, and I think that's what the people in the community are asking for is, is new voices on this issue. All right, Pat, um, you're chairman of the board. You've uh, led the charge on a number of budgets that have uh, led to tax cap overrides your thought on the tax and the uh, tax cap and the budget uh, budget uh, and the budget in general well first i'd like to say that ward three was the only ward that didn't vote for the tax cap um, secondly i'd like to say that both budgets that i put forward uh didn't go over the cap now we did vote to override the cap you need to override the cap to get the uh increase in property values and in uh last year's case it was this $2 billion for the schools. Um, I thought that was important that we uh, support Dr. Vargas. And uh, this, in the first, this was the first time that we had pre-approval from the school committee. Mm-hmm. Normally, the uh, administration comes to the board, gives us their budget, and afterwards they um, bring it to the, you know, we appropriate their money, they bring it to the school committee, and the school, school committee cuts or ads, whatever they feel is necessary for academic uh, benefits to our students. So this was the first year, and I think we need to keep that conversation going. Both elected boards are uh, responsible to the to the uh, to the uh, residents, uh, and I could and I plan on continuing to do that. Now, bringing a budget forward is very complicated, very complicated. Oh, it's a lot like herding geese and, and chickens all at once, and it absolutely is. And you know what? I I've gotten both sides of the aisle to support my budget, both sides. One year was Alderman Lavasser was my tenth vote. Um, this year, uh, Alderman Shea, who normally doesn't stick with uh, school initiatives, um, su- supported uh, supported my budget. So that's hard work. That takes hard work. So to the think, tenth vote to override. So to think your no, it, it's to gather your your peers. It's to gather it now. I didn't interrupt you while you were speaking, so I'd appreciate the. Same well, Alderman, respect. you actually didn't. I was just asking I, if I, it I, was a tenth vote to override. That's tenth. it. So. It's it's very hard work to uh, bring a budget forward, and and my and my two budgets were what I felt was in the best interest of the uh, city. Um, Mr. Bain spoke about um, education being a priority. Those two budgets were educational priorities. Well, I, I think it's I think I'll throw that to you, Tim. I think it's safe to say uh, that those two overrides did go to send additional dollars to the schools both times. Are you saying that in the same position you would have voted against that uh, that additional funding for the schools? I'm not saying that at all. Okay. I, I think we need to change the debate on education in this town as well. And the concern that I hear over and over again is when it's time to start a family, um, we need to move out of Manchester. The first thing people are going to look at when looking to move to this town to uh, a growing pill pack in the mills or with, or with Dean Kamen's um, – 
new organization, um, they're going to be looking at education. And whether it's, um, I've actually had the opportunity to, to visit West High School. Um, the administration um, and teachers are doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, but as a community, um, there's an old saying, you could die for 100 years and come back and your public schools are, are going to look the same. And uh, things are changing out there. And I think we need to be evolving with the times. All right. Well, um, let me stay on this course because you've raised Yager Decker. Uh, Pat, you've long been a critic of Yager Decker. And in fact, I think for maybe the first time in your political career, just about every city union is lined up against you in a reelection bid or in an election bid. And probably because you didn't support the police contract or the fire contract, you did support the teacher's contract. And I would argue that it's these pay raises that have actually forced the override of the tax cap to provide additional spending to do some of the stuff that needs to be done. Um, what do you make of the fact that um, in this race uh, you have the unions all lined up behind your opponent where in most uh, prior years they'd been lined up behind yourself? Well, I'm not sure they've always been lined up behind myself, but you know what? They, they have a right. I was a union representative. I know how the political, uh, you know, I know how the political uh, atmosphere works. Um, to be honest with you, it's their choice who they want to back. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I get that. Now, in my opinion, negotiation is an opportunity to benefit the public and the unions, the unit. It's an opportunity to do that. The fact that there were no negotiations, I have a problem with that. As far as the money goes, I've said this publicly. It's not That's not what the issue was. The issue was that negotiation didn't happen. So anytime you have a unit coming to the uh, legislative body saying, here's what we want, I believe we need negotiations. My opponent, Mr. Baines, talked about Yager Decker. That's in negotiations where you're going to talk about Yager Decker. Yager Decker is something that the units, the union units, uh, need to negotiate with us. It's They have that right. And you're saying that essentially what happened here with these contracts with the police and fire is that they did an end run around the negotiations process and went directly to the board and said, this is what we want. Correct. And the board voted for that. Correct. All right. Now, I was I was speaking with the uh, Mr. Chamberlain with the uh, police patrol officers, mm-hmm. and we were, in a, we were in a discussion to agree to release Yager Decker and come up Three years come up with a new matrix, mm-hmm. uh, something uh, familiar with uh, Nashua. Uh, now in Nashua, by the way, uh, they that legislative body has a right over the um, health insurance, which everything everything Manchester does, we need to uh, we need to negotiate with right. them. So it, it it makes it very tough. But I believe with the patrolmen, police patrolmen, that we needed to upfront a lot of these costs because they are losing people. Uh, after five years or four years, between between five and eight years, which I don't I don't think is a benefit to the city of Manchester. We train them. Right. So, Tim, um, how do you answer people who are concerned that you have the the support of all of the city's uh, employee unions in this race? Um, they they uh, uh, take a look at uh, um, the potential that you'll be doing the bidding of the unions that are trying to get rid of your opponent because he's opposed their contracts. So first of all, I'm proud to have the endorsements of the Manchester Police and the Professional Firefighters Association. Um, I have known uh, a lot of them for a number of years uh, from being downtown and and and, and about. And, and my dialogue with both groups, um, we didn't get into contract talk. What they both asked of me is that I would always negotiate in good faith and be honest with them. 
and I'll do that. Um, they're not always going to get everything that they want, um, but I can be honest with them and negotiate in good faith, and that's the only expectation that they had of me. All right, we're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. When we come back, we'll continue with Ward 3 Alderman Patrick Long and his challenger, Timothy Baines. The election is two weeks from tomorrow. You're listening to the Drought Large Radio Show. Good morning.